previously on Fantastic Worlds Podcast. My dear, why did you come in and visit? And you feel immediate friendship and kinship with this person. Oh, fuck. Also, can't go unnoted. This guy hot. <laughs> Buon sends a little telepathic surge to Kuneho, and they sh- uh, shoot forward, and and um, they're going to grapple Andromeda. <gasps> you just see these cracks form within Kuneho as utter destruction rains upon him, and he takes 80 points of damage. Holy shit! <gasps> the creature's large, purple, gaping maw just envelops Abraxas. That was very close to her last spell of the day. She is swaying a little on her feet. She's just going to throw her arms around his neck, squeeze as hard as like her little oh. her little halfling <laughs> arms can. You did a service of bringing me some tasty snacks. snacks. You will be protected by me tonight. I give you my solemn motive <laughs> as you are all setting up camp for the night the moon starts rising above as it is already pretty late in the evening when you you come back out of the cavern and congratulations you are all <gasps> eighth level Hey there, my buddy, my friend, my good old pal of mine. Dustin the Game Master here bringing you all the bi-weekly haps of the FWP crew. Some of you may have experienced a few weird errors or problems with our FWP feed this past week. I just want to apologize for that and promise it is all leading to positive changes for us here at Fantastic Worlds. We just celebrated our second anniversary and in the process of preparing for our third year into this little endeavor, we have so many fun plans for this upcoming year and we can't wait to share them all with you. However, those plans have not come without some growing pains and a few new learning curves. This has led to some of the feed hijinks that you may have experienced this week. We will try our best to minimize them, but if you have any weird errors with us, please let us know so we can work to resolve them. You actually got an early preview of some of our future plans as we played our first Starfinder game on Team Twitch two weekends ago, and we had a blast. We had so much fun that we will be playing part two of that Starfinder adventure September 19th at 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch. If you did not get a chance to see us alive and want to catch up, we have posted the video on our YouTube and will be posting an, an audio version of that on our Patreon this week. Speaking of Patreon, as of this recording, we are only $26 away from hitting our first Patreon goal, and we are so excited to do so. If you haven't yet, head on over to fantasticworlds.cash and sign up. We work hard to make sure that our community gets value for all the levels, and on top of that, you help support the show. It is the beginning of September, and that means a new monthly cookitunity to win a dozen cookies courtesy of Critical Hit Cookies. As you know, each month we choose a lucky winner. August cookie contest goes to L.A. Branton on Twitter for suggesting her cowboy cookies. This month, the contest is simple. 
just write us a review. Not only could you win a dozen cookies, but you could also get your review read at the start of an episode. For example, here's a recent review from Bardson, who wrote, I decided to jump in and give Fantastic Worlds a listen at the start of The Greatest Show, and the only thing I regret is waiting so long. They have great chemistry and fill my day with smiles and joy. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to start listening to the rest of these shows. Thank you so much, Bardson, for that wonderful review. And uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. I think that is all I have for now. So now it's time to sit back in your chair, raise the volume up on your headphones, block out the traffic around you, the manager yelling at you, or the professor yammering on about some random subject. It's time for episode 83, Spirit Hug. I think I just finished editing last episode and that has probably the, been the most excited I have ever seen you all for a level up. That was insane. Like, I had to it's take true. my headphones off because it <laughs> hurt my ears. The screaming. Uh, I found that the, the other one was so recent where some of them, usually, I think most of them kind of catch us off guard. Or some of them were like, well, we've got to be close. we got to be close. This one was just like, oh, my God, let's go fucking rest. And then we level two. It was like, oh, we get to rest and level, rest yeah. and level, rest and level. I, I was calling our guard. abilities. <laughs> yeah, and it's been about fifteen episodes since you have love level up. You guys leveled up when you killed the boar. Yes. Oh, that it's, was a subdued level. Right. Like, it's also uh, exciting because level eight is such a big one in pathfinder like i always find that once you're getting those even any even numbered level but level eight i feel like is where you hit this cap that just like that's when you become truly bad i get two attacks oh i was like holy crap it finally happened exactly Mm. like stuff like that starts happening or you and you start getting level four spells and that's where shit gets wild like level four spells are mm. Mm -hmm. oh i don't get the level fours because my little fighter dip (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I uh I'm also I'm also like two levels away from getting level four. Logan levels. and Jess wonder to it. <laughs> you pure you pure levels. I was you like, wait, do I have them? <laughs> I'm like desperately. Well, and the now. other thing is you get an ability uh point increase. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which so is a big good. deal. It's very so exciting. Juicy. I got like an extra sneak attack die, which I am <gasps> very excited about. Yes. So I get- trace now <laughs> so uh, well actually since abby you kind of start into it why don't you talk about what yeah you i guess were... i kicked that off um, yeah <laughs> well i guess angel was also talking about his extra attacks so you could pick on him too oh yeah, i'll pick on you abby <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah so uh i took another level of arcane trickster for pippa uh so the i mean and and i already said the thing that i think is the most exciting about this level um is i get that extra sneak attack die so that brings my total up to three uh so i'm very excited i'm probably going to start using my crossbow a little more uh so that i can actually get that that those sweet sweet extra damage points um but i also picked up a third level spell which is neat yeah i'm not quite up to level four spells left because i did a multi-class and this a is one of the punishments. And you're prestigious. I'm, I'm very prestigious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> Special. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, my I chose haste as my third level spell. Haste, nice. buddy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So everybody, you know, compete for my favor for the sweet sweet buffs. <laughs> I won't, because I'll haste myself. Thank you. 
<laughs> Everyone compete between Buon and Pippa. Who gets hasted yeah. first? Who gets hasted? I'm good, dog. I got my own stuff going on. <laughs> okay, it's cool. only a practice. More haste for me is all I'm hearing is all the beautiful haste for me. <laughs> they can hit everyone. <laughs> no, I'm going to say everyone but Andromeda. <laughs> everyone but exclude me. Spe- he took a special uh, fee that's like <laughs> exclude party members. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, shade casting. Shade Abraxas. casting. Oh my god! I think we need a custom Abraxas, like a custom. Move Thirty-one oh feet away a from Andromeda, spell. please. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll cast haste. We take a teamwork feat, so Andromeda is always like on the outskirts of the spell's range. <laughs> So Whatever, I'll be, I'll be out there flying at 60 feet Andromeda, you're round. not adhering to social distancing. <laughs> oh. Excellent. I'm glad that we've got a plan. Oh, my God. Uh, and what did you put your ability point into? I, uh, I, popped it, I, I popped it into charisma. It doesn't get me any buffs um, at this point yet, but if I, you know... If Pippa Future survives, dividends. so the next time we get an ability increase, uh, <laughs> then I'll I'll have a pretty. I mean, I've already got a pretty sick charisma buff, <laughs> but uh, it will be even better. What is yeah, it? Yeah, level twelve is a long ways away. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, but I don't know. Time's flying. Time's flying, y'all. I didn't think we were gonna hit level eight this soon. Because um, I, I mean, it feels it feels eight. like it's been so quick. Mm. So I, I can get to 12. I can do it. A lot of that has to do, because you all have had some pretty big battles, like the Frost Giant battle. You got XP for all eight of those Frost Giants. So, so that was true. a huge amount. The Witch Tree, you diplomized your way around her, and you got the XP as if you would have fought her. So Thank those goodness were... for Grandma's Skull on that one, because that riddle was a pain in the ass. We, yep. just, we would never have remembered the name. That was the problem. What Thank was the name of the first uh, NPC that you... I'm like, well, I don't know. What was the name? Like Eldari de Badodaba? Rumpelstiltskin. He's gone again. <laughs> I don't even remember. Okay, and so what's your hit die there, Pippa? Uh, D6. Six. Six, right? Yep. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> If it's the same as a sorcerer, sorry, I don't mean it. It, it, it is the same as a sorcerer. I think I, I use the same hit die as my magic yeah. class. Uh, what'd you get there, Pippa? Four. I got a three, so uh, congrats. Four. You got the four. Four. You got, what, you know, 70% four. of, you got a C in terms of hit points. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. It's better than a one, which I feel is, I think I rolled a one last time. That's true. <laughs> I think there has been one part, one point where I really did only get one more hit point. So. <laughs> <laughs> How is Buwan doing for level eight? Um, he's good. I took a dip into Swashbuckler because I just really wanted his personality to just whoa bowl over. Just kidding. It's on Chainsaw okay. I was like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to do that that last time, too. I was like, is he serious this time? I oh think I've God. literally done this every single time. I've just, you have? I've just picked a random class and been like, well, I dipped into this. <laughs> and then Jess's jaw literally hits the floor. I'm now a monk. I just can't believe it. I'm, I'm now uh, a scald. I'm my friends, you know. <laughs> on the summoner scald. <laughs> uh but no i kept i kept summoner um i actually didn't get level four spells at this at this eighth level so my eighth oh. level wasn't like crazy exciting um <laughs> i got new spells 
Uh, so I got another level three spell, which is cool. I switched out one of my useless level <laughs> one spells to get a different spell. Uh, yep. And I put my ability point into intelligence, actually, not charisma, because that wouldn't oh. have gotten me the bonus like Pippa was talking about. I mean, what Abby was talking about, excuse me. Um, but we're I, the same. Yeah, we're the same. But I did get a whole bunch of skill level ups because of my crazy intelligence. I think I got Dustin. How many? Fourteen. Oh, jeez. Thir- Thirteen. Oh my god. Something or, ridiculous. Or, or, or how like many that. skill points you got? Well, it's because you put a point up, so you got an extra skill point for, for all your level. previous levels. Yeah, so it was seven plus oh, five plus two. So yeah, fourteen. I got yeah. fourteen. <laughs> wow! Holy crap! We're gonna go into some village where it's like, oh my god, the dam's uh, breaking apart. Oh, did somebody say a dam? I'm actually quite adept at repairing dams. Well, That's I one have of my no- skills. Well, I have knowledge. <laughs> one of my hobbies is engineering. <laughs> you there can you even go. do a subset: knowledge engineer, yeah. engineering colon um, dams. Which one do you want? Do you want knowledge engineering or profession architect? I have both. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of this is because his intelligence went up, he got to learn another language. Too, I got right? to learn two new oh, levels. Jeez, new, new languages. Like a rogue. I believe that picks that puts you at thirteen languages. Oh, oh, oh I remember what I picked. You're a fucking librarian. Like yeah, the old series. <laughs> oh, I love that series. That's a good one. I'll pick up the language of the birds. What languages did you pick there, Logan? Um, do you want to talk about them now or do you want to save them for later? I'll save one of them for secrets, but I did pick up. Ooh. And then one I'll tell because I think it'll be funnier if Angel and uh, Abby know. But I put a point into in, into the Team Torta sign language. <gasps> You've been oh, picking up that we've been... <laughs> Right, because we talked about how Abraxos will sometimes he'll ver- he'll speak while he's signing at the same time, so people will be able to pick up and um, what the different signs represent. Especially a polygot like. Uh, oh yeah, uh, no kidding! Logan you just need what is your imp score anyway? A yeah, small you must intelligence. Like, I think it's twenty. Yeah, yeah it's twenty. Yeah, you're sitting there it's like, oh, five. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I'm just gonna Smarty wait pants. until you're having a conversation, and I'll just join it. <laughs> I am so excited for cool. this moment. <laughs> and then we'll all have to teach Andromeda. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there was anything else pretty exciting. It was just that stuff. Yeah, I think you're running to the point where you're actually trying to figure out what languages are left. Honestly, yes. I have so many. Pick up Abilith. Really weird ones. Oh, let me count like really how, obscure. how many languages. Where are they? Oh, right here. Well, you know, and kind of the reasoning in my mind is, you know, Logan spent some time in the library in Baba Yaga's hut, and that place is magical in terms of learning. So, oh. uh, you know, he could have picked up any number of things. And I'm a smart boy. You're a smart cookie. But yes, I have started to label the your guys' sign language as TTSL for Team Torta Sign Language. Oh, nice. nice. I should update that in my character sheet. As opposed to GSL, Galarian Sign Language. So anyway, that's fun. Logan, let's do your hit die real quick. Uh, I got a two. Oh, I didn't do much better. I only got a three. We need to get you a con item like I have. Well, my constitution is <laughs> plus two, so I got five hit points right there. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah. That was I, I got it. I got about six. Yeah, yeah. It's not the worst. I mean, and you, you, you are also a very far away creature. Yes. Kaneho is going to be the is the heavy hitter as long as he doesn't get blasted by the destruction spell. Oh, God, don't remind me. Yeah, God. at least it was Kaneho. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and Andromeda. I don't know much about what you've done for your level up. So why don't you give us some? Some coolness that happens with Andromeda because I think you got really excited about it last game. 
Yeah, I mean, my for oracles, this is a big level. I mean, because first of all, unlike the summoner, unfortunately, I did get level four spells, um, and I got oh, yeah. bloodline spells. So, oh. or not bloodline spells. I'm sorry, it's different. <laughs> I'm so used to being a sorcerer. Um, <laughs> it's uh, mystery spells. Oh, basically. the mystery ones. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So I got as for free. I think um, black tentacles as oh, one of my spells. Shit. I think I got tongues last level, so that may not be applicable, but I know that was also a mystery spell. Um, and then I picked up, I also got cure critical wounds as just like an, an oracle spell that you kind of get at this level. And then I picked up path of glory greater, which basically you create these squares on the ground that heal allies, um, which, and I can like extend them out. So I can literally create a path of like glowing squares that you guys can step into. If you end your turn there, you get like five hit points, um, which isn't is like so a lot cool. of healing, yeah. but it's something that can save people. <laughs> Who's, yeah. Who said we didn't have a dedicated healer? Who said that? Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> it's going to make me more effective as a healer for sure, because right now I c- can hardly do anything um, <laughs> in that arena for a class that is based around healing. But uh, I also, I put my ability score bonus in charisma because that is the um that's the spellcasting stat for oracles and uh so I'm now I have an ability score of 20 for my charisma um Ooh, damn. which is going to allow me more casts per day which is great. I I didn't talk about this when we got it but I got like a ring of revelation basically and it allowed me to add another revelation um which is why a few episodes ago I was able to turn into a dinosaur. Um because this was just the best moment like yeah. ever. <laughs> I let I I doodled a uh, sorry quick tangent I doodled a little cartoon of it in my notes. Oh my god! And have been referring back to it with just so much joy. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, it's yeah. Andromedon. Oh, <laughs> that's the official that's my name. Dino name. <laughs> dino name. Oh, I love it. Um. Anyway, it's... continue. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's basically it's called many forms, and I can basically do um uh, uh beast shape. One, I think it's yeah, it, it, and it's really cool. I mean, at set like at seventh level, you can assume the form of a smaller medium animal as beast shape one. At eleventh level, you can assume the form of a smaller medium magical beast as beast shape three. Like it just goes on. That's cool. <laughs> um, these things get super cool as you level up. Anyways, what's your hit die? A D eight. What you get? I got an eight. <laughs> okay, wow. I got a five. So that doesn't that doesn't be. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, at least Yay. someone got a decent roll. <laughs> I got 12 yeah. hit points, oh guys. Nice. That's beefy. By the way, Jess, all I can Excellent. think of when you said Black Tentacles was, for some reason, Black Velvet, the song. Oh, my so, God. So, like, that's what I'm going to imagine whenever you cast that. It's just Black Velvet and that little boy smile. <laughs> <laughs> that's the verbal component. That's the somatic component is me singing that. And then they just rise up yeah. and grab things. And, like, slowly <laughs> caress them as, like, they, like, writhe on the floor. Uh, <laughs> they look oh velvety. Oh, I'm yeah, definitely the... adding that in for flavor. Black velvet. velvety love tentacles. It. Love it. Vel- <laughs> <laughs> When they get with a hit with a dark, uh, dark uh, black light, they glow a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last uh, but not least, uh, Mr. Angel Espinoza, I know you had a lot of ideas of what you wanted to do for your level eight. Oh, God, what did you yeah. finally settle I was, on? I was going to multi class yet again into a third. 
What? Um, yeah. Don't do that. Angel. So maybe next That's level. That's amazing. You stop that. I had a lot of fun doing that. Again, I was in a group with, there must have been five plus of, so each of the kind of different components you want, like a stealth, damage, range, was taken care of. And I'm like, well, shoot, this gives me a little chance to get a little bit more flavor. And I ended up with five different classes or four, four to five. Oh my God. Uh, and it was so much fun. Um, but this time I went back to my druidic roots, you know. Um, I feel like Abraxas has been ignoring, you know, the calling for too long. You know, two levels. He's got two two fighter levels in, but it's time for him to stay on the path that's his calling. So I went with another druid level. So now I'm druid six, fighter two. Okay. And as an arctic druid, I actually get wild shape for the first time. I would have gotten Ooh. earlier, but my connection to the cold kind of delayed that. And it's cool. I get cool abilities such as dominating the frost giant's mind and making them my servants. Yeah, I think that was a good trade-off. <laughs> so I actually get to change shape. I get to change shapes into dinosaurs now, too. I was looking at this list, and oh it's flipping sweet. Great horned Dino owl. buddies. Dino buddies. Dino buddies. <laughs> yeah, what did I put into the chat? Dimorphodon? Yeah. Dimorphodon. Is that how I pronounce it? Dimorphodon, yeah. Which is like, it's like a dinosaur parry. I looked at a picture of it. It looks sweet. <laughs> Velociraptor. Oh is that the one with the sail? So, it, oh, no, I'm thinking of a Dimetrodon. Never mind. Oh. So what did, what did we name Jess's dinosaur? It was Andromedon? Andromedon. Andromedon. I'm trying to so, think of a good one for Abraxas. Abraxadon? Abraxasaurus. Abraxasaurus. <laughs> Abraxasaurus is good. Yes. That's very good. Andromedon and Abraxasaurus. Now we just have to get you two as dinos. Yes. <laughs> so we I've got to think of dinos. a way to do it. No, you two can be the dinosaurs <laughs> and Buon and Pippo will be uh, the dinosaurs. The paleontologist from Jurassic Park. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Alan Grant. I, be, I think it would be so funny to have a full dino party. And then we're going to go get enchanted so that it's permanent so and we're all dinos. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I, you know what, Jess? I would do it. <laughs> How mad would Dustin be? <laughs> Dustin would be pretty pissed, but I think we could pull it off. <laughs> oh, we, we talking just. <laughs> <laughs> You know that ah! you know that actually happened in an X Men story once, where they like they all magically just became di- like yes! dinosaur X Men creatures. What? It was wild. <laughs> so like they'd have their powers, but have like a Velociraptor snout and be like, "I'm Rachel Gray, the time displaced daughter of Jean Gray." <laughs> that should be the end of the campaign. At the end of the campaign, we all turn into dinos. Yes, I love it ever so after. much. Can I be one of the winged ones? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Pterodactyl. A Pipperop. That's all I want. Or a Pterodon. Uh, so, <laughs> shape changing. Oh, I'm going to look God. forward to that because, yeah, there's a huge list. I, I could only turn to small or medium animals, but that is a ginormous list, such as Me too. a trumpeter swan. Oh, oh heavens. <laughs> I could turn into a wolf. <laughs> no, oh, be the swan. God. Be the swan. Redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Your stats wouldn't even be as good as a regular one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just doing damage this reduction. <laughs> How many times a day could you do that uh, there, Abraxas? Oh, let me double check. It's probably, uh, I, I could bring it up into a couple of minutes. I guess I should have looked that up. I didn't know you were going to ask that question, but I should have anticipated. <laughs> Wild shape. Here we go. Um, oh, I could only do it once a day for a, a duration of four hours. All right. Nice. But that's 
four hours is all you need in order to have dinosaur hijinks. Oh, for sure. That's, That's a long takes. time. That's a long time. Think about it. We maybe we adventure in a day for twelve hours or so. You know. So did Abraxas get anything else? Where he put his ability point? Oh, uh, so yes, I did get something else. I didn't get a fourth level spell, but I got an extra third level spell, uh, which I like. My favorite spell, which I don't use enough because the resource usage for the class for the level three, I need it as versatile as possible. But now that I have one more. Uh, I think my go-to is a potency of the pack, which that I cast it once upon a time to remember to turn everybody furry to give yes. them natural armor. I'm sure people love ages that. Ages ago, loved it. It was great. So I'm gonna have that one in the in the wings. But I also get as an Arctic druid, I get banish flame. Ooh. I could use my cold call ability to damage creatures of the fire subtype, Ooh. and it could cause them to flee from me, like turning the undead. That's super Run away. cool. I could also use it to negate magical fire effects. So if a fireball comes at our way, I could use it uh, to banish those flames as well. Oh, my God. My ability score went into con. Nice. So I put it into constitution. Uh, All the delicious food that he eats just empowers him. So, you know, he got to eat a ginormous bear. Okay, uh, Angel, what's your hit die? My hit die is a die eight. Okay. And I'm hoping I roll high. And I rolled a one, so. Survey says, come on, Max, roll. Oh, oh. that fucking happened again. A fucking two. A wow. fucking two. Can I use my gem really? in Game Gem, the one that does the <laughs> dice? Nope. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad. I. You know what? This is the reason I put it in, um, in con. I'm just going to go con from now on. All right, All I'm going right. to fight her. Fuck druids. <laughs> <laughs> But you get so many cool spells. That's true. No, the but damage, no one cares about The nature. damage reduction really does, does help. That too. That thing and you have crazy armor. Like if The thing is, you're still going to be beefier than me in the mm. end, even though I have more hit points because my AC is only 18 on the best of times. Oh, uh, hey. Well, we will be doing bonds our next episode because, uh, yeah, we our level ups, because we keep getting bigger and bigger, seem to be taking up a little more time. So we're going to spread it out over two episodes and have, instead of having a 50-minute discussion about characters this, in this game. Uh, and so let's go ahead and start the game. Andromeda was having a lovely day. It was early spring, and the snowfall was lighter than usual, leaving patches of green to shine through on the forest floor. She wandered a path through the trees left by several animals, their hooves and paws clearing away the frost that had settled there, leaving a clear entry into the deeper parts of the Horwood Forest. With little to do in the way of chores, and her caretaker giving her the silent treatment, she decided it was a good day to pick flowers. But first, she wanted a new basket, her old simple vessel was beginning to fall apart and patching it was no longer possible. With that in mind, she set about hunting for materials, picking up useful bits and pieces as she walked and gathering them into a bundle in her arms. She hummed and skipped ever so slightly, watching out for the bunnies hopping along at her sides. She smiled and greeted the four that were now in front of her, wishing she brought treats for them. She would have to find them again later and give them each a bit of bread. Looking at them in the afternoon light, she thought she could make some flower crowns for them when she finally collected some blossoms. But first things had to come first. She needed to make her basket. She just had to find a little more material before she could begin. And right as she was thinking this, she saw it, under the dapple sunlight in the clearing, the perfect bit of fiber for her basket. She smiled broadly and approached, folding her skirt under her as she sat at the leaves and began humming. 
Her bunnies hopped closer and gathered around, snuffling through the leaves as she began to weave. Andromeda began to sing a few silly verses, her song fading off into even more nonsensical lines as she worked. It was dusk by the time she completed the job, and she surveyed her work with a satisfied smile. She showed it to Corbin, her nearest bunny. Look, it's finished! He sniffed at it, but looked disinterested, hopping away a few feet to dig around through the leaves. She chuckled at him and gave him a small pat before standing, brushing the detritus from herself and setting the basket on the ground. She moved to reach it again, and her vision shifted sharply, as if her eyes had been wrenched physically away from their center. She blinked and it happened again, several times, forcing her to squeeze her eyes shut and fall to the ground. Her head suddenly felt like it was full of rushing wind as she clutched it. Her vision spinning somehow, though it was completely black, and then she lost consciousness. When she came to, she could sense the evening air around her before she even looked. She shook her head and snow fell from her hair and shoulders, spattering against her skin. She opened her eyes but couldn't see well. Her vision was still shifting, though not so wildly as before. The only thing she could make out near her was a cluster of wispy dark figures, piercing emptiness filling the space where their eyes ought to be. She stared at them in awe and horror, but her head was racked with searing pain and she had to close her eyes again. She heard the first unintelligible whisper all around her. Though she thought at first it may be the aberrations, it soon became clear that this was completely different. It didn't sound like it came from the air nearby, but every molecule of existence itself. It was horrifying, endless, and Andromeda could not listen to it for long without her mind trying to slip away. So she did her best to ignore it, shivering, she jerked to her feet, taking the scenery in around her. No longer did the snow appear light as it had been in the afternoon, it was a thick blanket over the scenery, beautiful but horribly cold. She hardly felt it and couldn't grasp her senses, not with the voice assaulting her from every direction, so she stumbled mindlessly forward, just barely able to make out the path left by the dark shifting figures who now seemed to be leading her. She stumbled and caught herself on a tree, wincing as her eyes blurred and she fell into the snow, and suddenly her vision was no longer her own but came from every point around her. She couldn't process the view and felt her mind straining. Still, the panorama eventually became clear, showing her the clearing she had just stumbled into. To her shock, she saw herself there, sat in the snow with her skirt folded under her, hands outstretched to grasp something. Her eyes were black, empty, and when she tried to look at them properly, she felt as though she would tumble into them, never to emerge from their inky depths but that was not what horrified her most. In front of her body, she finally saw what she was touching. It was a woman's corpse. She looked like she had frozen to death some days before. Her features were frozen in shock, eyes wide but jaw mercifully clenched shut. And this did not change as Andromeda cut into her, a small fish bony knife piercing the stomach's flesh in a single, smooth motion. Andromeda watched herself in horror as she continued to cut, the knife now moving up, then across, exposing the dead woman's organs. She tried to cry out, scream for her body to stop, and force her way back into her own frame, but there was no response. Nothing happened, and she could still see through so many eyes, with such great detail what she was doing. Slowly, slowly, she was pulling free the organs and weaving them together, and all around her the transient black figures watched, silent but intent. She heard herself singing, and dawning realization sent a sick jolt through her detached consciousness. 
It was the song she sung that afternoon as she weaved a basket. Her body sung it without feeling, her voice hollow, and her expression that of a stone mask. She reached up to wipe the sweat from her face, and blood smeared across her cheek and forehead. But she did not react, and she did not stop her work. Finally, as the sun began to rise and light crept through the leaves, she stepped away from what she had been doing. Andromeda's consciousness drifted back into her own body as she did. She covered her face with both hands, sobbing. It felt as though she had been weeping the entire time. She had seen differently through the eyes all around her. Remembering them, she shifted her face and looked around in terror, knowing they were still there, feeling their gaze almost palpably against her skin. She shuddered and let out a wail that startled the birds from their nests, her throat ripping with the strain of her scream. And finally, blessedly, she blacked out again. She sat up, gasping in her bed, swallowing down the lump in her throat, and patted her own face in panic. It was damp from sweat, but when she pulled away her hands, there was no blood. She sighed in relief and looked over to her caretaker, who was still fast asleep. He'd grown so accustomed to her nightmares, he no longer woke even when she screamed. She clutched one hand to her chest and tried to calm her breathing, looking out the window at the quiet night. She heard the usual forest noises, the whistling of the wind, the creaking of the trees, animals scurrying as they went about their business. There were no whispers, but she couldn't shake the feeling of being watched and not just by spirits for once. Unable to calm herself, she got to her feet, sinking them into her nearby boots and stepping out into the night. She looked into the star-filled sky, opening boundlessly like an endless maw ready to swallow the entity of existence. She knew the eyes were there, and she understood then that whatever was watching her did not wish her well. So, you all are setting up camp. The witch tree has graciously allowed you to camp under her leaves for the night. It is a full moon, so you have that overhead, Ooh. which I'm sure Abraxas and Buon both appreciate. Oh, yeah. What are you all doing? What are you setting up for? They've had so much happen in the last just few moments where after taking just a big, deep inhale of the open air again... Abraxas is going to take out his mess kit, which he picked up in the centaur camp. Uh, so he still has his cauldron of brewing, which keeps it's his little cooking pot that maintains the temperature for him. So he's going to set that up and his bag is he's going to start unloading all his little supplies, you know, pieces of vegetables, fruits. Sea- well, now he has seasonings in these little, you know, vials, whereas before he would just grab clumps of herbs uh, that he shoved in his pack, but now they're organized. So he has a little cutting board. He has a cutting knife, like a kitchen knife. He has a skillet. So he's got a, he, he's got a couple of fires going. So he's kind of stepped it up from the last time he put something together. And he's just in a wholeheartedly start because he knows everybody's tired. You know, they're out in the open air and now it's time to fill everybody with good food and then everybody's going to have something to talk about with Andromeda going all, you know, dark, dark Phoenix. Yeah, so he he's pre-prepping that with, you know, everybody's going to at least be in a good place mentally, having some good, good food in their belly. So he's going to just focus in on that, but on the back of his mind going, okay, there's 
there's the next step after this food is done. Andromeda is drawing with a stick on the floor. What's she drawing? Just like symbols that are probably, I would say, recognizable to Buon as a language, but no language he would possibly know. I'm assuming you're doing this near the group. Yeah, she's writing things really furiously and then scratching them out angrily. I think Buon, from where he's sitting, will just call out to Andromeda, just in front of everyone, and just be like, Little one, what are you writing? She turns stony-faced and says, And then stabs the stick into the ground and says, I don't even know. I don't even know. Buon is going to raise one eyebrow. That's like his only flinch from that outburst. He'll, he'll just say out loud to the group, be like, I don't recognize what you said. Kind of like admitting like Buon's in the dark. <laughs> now Pippa's eyebrows yeah. are raised. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Brax is going to put his, uh, he taps a cauldron because he can have it set to, it's like set to kind of a low heat. And yeah, he'll walk up. He'll approach her, but using it kind of not as a beeline, but getting close to Pippa to give her just kind of like a little, I don't know, kind of shoulder squeeze and kind of share a, a look as far as of concern. She's been sitting by the campfire kind of, I guess, in, like she's been trying to find something to do with her hands while she contemplates everything that's happened today. So she's been sort of, I guess, organizing her crossbow bolts, but she's going to lift her hand and and kind of pat it over Abraxas's. And then walk over. She's going to stand up and and walk over to where Andromeda is and say, like, Andromeda, will you come sit by the fire for a little while? I think Ambraxis is almost done with dinner. And and I just, I think we need to, ha- I think we have some things we need to talk about. She nods <laughs> and she she follows you back towards the fire. She just kind of, like, Pippa sort of, like, sits you down and, like, she just goes into mom mode a little bit because she doesn't really know how else to handle any of this to get started. So she kind of she pulls a she pulls a blanket out of her bag of holding. She kind of tucks it uh, around Andromeda's like she tucks it into Andromeda's lap and br- like brings her a, a cup of tea from where I'm sure Abraxas put a kettle on mm-hmm. over the fire and says like. I understand what it's like. And I, and she looks around at everyone else around the fire. And I think we all understand to some degree what it's like to to have abilities that you don't understand and that just appear one day. And it just seems to be it's it's actively happening to you a lot. And I just, are you all right? Do you want to talk about it? What can we do? We are all open books for you. I don't know. I I know you understand more than probably anyone else, all of you, what I'm experiencing. But can you imagine the feeling of seeing through countless eyes? Do you think your mind could contain what you'd seen without breaking? I'm thrashing against the grip of something so all-encompassing. I no longer believe I can ignore it until it goes away. But 
I can't face it either. I can only hope that I die before I'm completely cons- And she just stops and starts crying. <laughs> Pippa immediately is just like squeezing her knee and says, Don't. Don't say that. Your death is not the best possible outcome here. Yes, little one. You do not understand that you you touch the sky. But in order to touch the sky, you must have so much power within yourself. You, your fear of being consumed by what you do not understand, it's only natural. But what you forget is the power that you have within yourself to change course. The power that we have together to change your course. We all touch the sky, and from our high vantage point, we can see what path we must tread, whether that be to fly further higher, crash to the ground, or break the horizon itself. Andromeda shakes her head a little, and then looks at Buon. You don't know what's inside of me. I've searched for its source my whole life. But ultimately, when I looked too hard, I could feel something slipping away from me. It hasn't happened in quite some time, but my consciousness used to lose its grip sometimes. And that, that thing, it made me see horrible things, made me do horrible things. What I've seen, it's changed me, and I know that. I... I can't look at it anymore. I just want to live and experience my life on my own terms. I I don't want to think about what it whispers to me still. The images that flash in my head. The darkness inside of me that I cannot contain. Damn, sorry. I'm just trying to think I of like know. how to respond to I, that I, in any way I, that's like helpful or meaningful at I, all. I, I have a crazy plan. But I feel like I might kill Buon. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Oh no! Or you <laughs> oh, might wow. lose your sanity. <laughs> what if Buon marionette possesses Andromeda so that our souls are next to each other within oh, your my body? God. I think it would be interesting. A Braxis in the silence, you know, will put his soup bowls down. Uh, Neil across from her and just put one hand on her shoulder. Andromeda, I honestly don't know what to say other than you have your path to walk. And I say, walk it. I'm a creature of balance. I, I have to walk a narrow path between two extremes. Fire, cold, dark, light, that's my path, and I'll gladly walk it. Your path, I can't imagine the tears, pain, chaos of it. But you walk your path. Walk it as long as you're able, and walk if it's your choice. I and the rest of us here, your pack, we will walk it with you for as long as we can. 
and that is all I could offer and 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 soup. I could offer soup and that's <laughs> that's all I can offer on drama other than th- this is path is yours and I wish I had some uh, some whispers of the wind that can grant me wisdom uh, the magical ability to wash away confusion I I don't have it uh, and I don't think I ever will but I'll be here and that's what I'm offering and gives her shoulder a squeeze um, you know he just kind of puts the bowl of soup to the side and just kind of leaves it there for her to eat at her leisure because uh, you know uh, you know he's figuring out that that's support and food is his love language that's all he can do is uh, you know it might be not the best timing or looks like wow that's in poor taste Abraxas but you know wow. he for him food is sustenance in life and that's just all the support he can muster other than promises that he'll be there. Yeah, she she like um, smiles through the tears, but like she still looks very fraught. <laughs> Pippa squeezes Andromeda's knee again and just with her tiny halfling hand and says, the only thing I can add to that, Andromeda, is I know we can't possibly know what you're going through. I don't think any... I don't think anyone else can. But if you can't trust your senses, I I hope that you know that you can trust ours and that we won't lie to you and that we care about you and have your best interest at heart. And so if you can't trust yourself, trust us. I do trust you. Of course I trust you and... Uh... You're the only people who have ever shown me any genuine care in in my entire life. <laughs> At least the only non-Spectre people. Um, I was magically manipulated. Again. And, and I want you to know that's why I got so angry when I snapped out of it. Because I'm sick of dancing at the end of puppet strings. I can't tell you how much that makes sense to me <laughs> she also that laughs. is so <laughs> understandable well uh, you guys are all technically everyone but Buwan is is on the on puppet strings right now because the gayest too yeah, yeah I think and Pippa kind of like holds up her little her little snowflaked wrist and she says we are all being danced around right now but we do we do have each other and you have every right to not want to be puppeted around anymore and we I don't know how we'll fix it I don't know if we can but I promise you I will try Buon steps forward and he gets down on one knee in front of Andromeda and he takes her hand within his own kind of like cupping it and he just looks into her eyes and he says little one if you trust us there is one thing I may be able to give you. Okay. Buon casts the most ill-fitting spell. Ill, <laughs> Ill-fitting ill named spell at the moment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he does it. Because <laughs> in his mind, he's giving her control of the marionette strings. But he casts marionette possession. And he finds a willing subject. And his soul... I think just 
spreads out from his forehead sigil and just like enters into Andromeda's eyes. And then I think I see Andromeda's soul figure. I'm, I'm picturing it like we're kind of like astral projecting in bodies. And so I see you, Andromeda, but what else do I see in your mind? There's definitely, from the outside, I think what Pippa would see is is one eye has blackened and the other has the coloring of Buon's eyes. And inside, you see almost just the most endless darkness you can possibly imagine. But there is a pinprick of light, and that is Andromeda's soul. And I'm going to jump in here, actually. Buon, this isn't the first time you felt this, because mm-hmm. when you first met Andromeda, you did that. Uh, and much like last time, I need you to roll me a set of percentage die, because you feel this darkness just pulling at you with all its will. You are so attracted to it. And your body at the same time is attracted, but you are resisting it with all your might. So let's see what you get there. Okay, I'm using the dice my husband gave me, so if I go insane, it's all his fault. <clears throat> Clay! <laughs> Clay, it's your fault! <laughs> what did Clay, you do? Clay, if Buon goes crazy, I'm just letting you know, it's your fault, and we're going to have to talk about this. We all write Clay hate mail. <laughs> you did this. I'll give you all his number. <laughs> Excellent. Blow up oh, his text. No. 46? What? Uh, did you want to use a hero point for advantage? I, I think yes. Um, this is very important to Buon. And so Buon, yeah. Buon can feel the tendrils of madness kind of like caressing his mind, almost like lapping at this new intelligence that has entered inside Andromeda's body. And he feels a resolve within himself and he tries to push back against it. So I'm using my hero point to give myself advantage. I will say importantly that you also you start to hear whispers that sound like what Andromeda said earlier. Yes. Um, like a lot of the syllables are the same. Heart of the dice, heart of the dice. The heart of the dice. Oh. 89. Wow. Much better. Lucked out because so just oh. so you know, I wrote out a very quick little percentage table. If you had rolled be less than 25%, you would have had to follow the rules of the insanity table. That's with Pathfinder. From 26 to 60%, you would have taken 1d4 ability damage oh. of wisdom. Oh, okay. and um, oh, 61 to 75 percent uh you would have lost your, your link to conejo for 1d4 days so the, the, and 75 and above you're in the clear mm. so yeah what ends up happening is you end up glowing you it's not it's not light like that of the sun it is the light of the moon just buffers around you and the glow goes bigger and bigger and bigger and it reaches out to andromeda's little pin prick of light and it encircles it and envelops it and it, you see her light just grow a little bigger and it's still it still seeps through the darkness mm-hmm. but it's almost like blurred the uh andromeda's soul and what you see is when the the dark energy tries to go through it instead just passes right through her soul instead of going into it so Andromeda, you almost feel immediate relief. You have felt a lifting on your soul you have not felt 
since you were born, basically, um, as you feel a little bit lighter. Uh, in fact, I would say the darkness in your eyes goes from a, like a dark black to that of a dark purple. Uh, Buon sees this within Andromeda's soul, and he feels so much relief. And with his final act, he's going to get as close as possible to Andromeda's astral projected soul self. And he's just going to give her a hug. And then as he's giving her a hug, he's going to just kind of fade away and unpossess her. So, so that that's like the lingering feeling that she has is just of comfort and being hugged. Oh my god, I want someone to hug my soul so <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, someone a, give me a spirit hug. A literal soul hug. Buon, you feel drained. You are exhausted. That, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Is that he's just going to like sit back on his butt and just like rest his arms on his haunches and just be like, he's physically drained. And I think Pippa, because you were like right there next to Andromeda, you see that clearly in his face. Like you see that he's just done something momentous with Andromeda, but you don't quite realize what has happened yet. And But I do think you see it in the relief in Andromeda's yeah. face, because that is very visible. Yeah, she, I mean, she's still crying, but she, there's like a flash of Aurora in her purple irises. There's like a little flash of Aurora, and she looks at Buon in just shock, but also like her body is visibly less tense, almost in the same way as his is, because they both look exhausted. <laughs> but and but like there's also this clarity, this lucidity in her eyes that you've never seen before. And she just looks utterly agog at, at this development. She's completely like she's never felt like this before. Not in her entire life. Literally never. So it's like abundantly clear that something yeah, happened. Yeah, something happened. And they're, mm. they, I think Andromeda is, uh, Andromeda is also confused about what happened, <laughs> but she knows he did something and she's just like, wah, wah. <laughs> why does my soul feel like it's been hugged Aww. right now? <laughs> <laughs> Pippa definitely knows that something, something momentous happened here and it, and it came from Buon all all Abraxas and Pippa had really been able to offer were words, and um, and as Abraxas said, soup, which which is lovely and 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 helpful, I'm sure, in some ways, but not like Buon clearly began the process of actually fixing something or 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 relieving some sort of immediate hurt, and Pippa's been thinking for a little while now on her mistrust of Buon of she's still not sure what he's doing here. She's still, she knows he's not Giast. He may not be a, a Jadwiga himself, but he, she is almost 100% certain that he is related to, to at least some Jadwiga. And so she's not, she just does not trust his, his reasons for being here. But that, that moment with Andromeda where he clearly was able to actually help her when she and Abraxas weren't, and he's been, he's been fighting alongside them. He's been, he's been extremely helpful. And she knows that trying to watch, trying to watch her back and her front is a very dangerous thing um, in this place that they've come to. 
So she's first she's going to check and make sure that like Andromeda is like good to go <laughs> for right now. Well, what is Andromeda doing right now, Jess? Is she just like eating her soup? Is she like passing out? She was staring at Buon for a long time. And then she slowly sighed and sort of like patted him on the shoulder and then um, gave a quiet thank you and st- did in fact start eating her soup. <laughs> oh, she doesn't know how to address this right now because she knows they're both exhausted. <laughs> you're probably the quietest you've ever seen Andromeda when she's not sleeping. Yeah, she's just like contemplative. Pippa shoots Abraxas a sort of a meaningful look, sort of, you know, one of those like, like kind of slightly wide eyes, like sort of jerks, jerks her head at uh, at Andromeda, like trying. Well, I guess you could just sign to him <laughs> she signs she signs at abraxas um to keep keeping an eye at on andromeda and that she's going to pull buon aside um buon signs back to you pippa and he just goes <laughs> yes thank you i'm very tired good idea what <laughs> oh uh. sorry pippa's so stunned <laughs> they'd been like I mean, definitely not teaching him this. I know. Abraxas will point to himself and he'll point to you and then back to him. Going, Was that you? Was that me? Was, no, I didn't teach him. And Buon will sign back, me. <laughs> uh, Be- because it's a lot easier than, than talking at the moment. So he's just using his yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah, he'll do like a little thumbs. <laughs> oh, no, he'll, he'll just sign like a... Uh, 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 clever fox and then he's gonna bring a couple um he starts undoing all the like the magicians with the handkerchief the blankets so yeah. the blankets are flowing out of uh the whatever bag of holdings holding them he's gonna have like half of them push towards buon um on pu- and serve buon his bowl uh and he'll sign eat eat uh and then he'll take the rest of the uh, furs to Andromeda and start making a little um, little super comfortable spot, maybe make a fur fort for her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just sit down and slowly eat with her, slurping super loud. It's <laughs> <laughs> adorable. So She's smiling. Pippa wanders over with her own bowl to where Buon is and plunks herself down next to him with a Far less grace than normal. It's been a long, weird day, and it just got weirder. And says, I don't know what you did, but it was clearly something. Thank you. I had no idea how to help her. And I think I think you must have done something momentous. When I see those I can help, I do. So thank you. I would do it for any of you. Pippa glances up at Buon out of the corner of her eye and heaves a sort of a bracing sigh, uh, puts her soup bowl down next to her and, and turns to, turns to f- her body to face his more straight on and says, I feel like I, I'm not good at this. I think I owe you an apology. I have been... Well, and I know you've picked up on it. You're very perceptive, clearly. And then she <laughs> makes some vague, makes like kind of raises her hands and wiggles her fingers. <laughs> and so I know you've picked up on it. 
but I have been treating you with probably an undue amount of suspicion. I just, you turning up out of the blue just after we got our, you know, teleporting hut from an ancient witch queen and then not also being I indentured to her the way the rest of us were has made it difficult for me to trust you as as have my suspicions about where I believe you may have been raised and with whom I don't think it's common for many Iriseni nobles to speak halfling quite so perfectly as you she's actually saying all of this in halfling since I think it's a language that mm. only she and Buon speak and she wanted this to be a more or less private conversation she's not used to apologizing <laughs> to people as I you can it. tell <laughs> but regardless of that I can't we've come to a very dangerous place and you have been right with us every step of the way and it is not fair of me to try to keep you out and so I'm sorry and I will I will do better and trust you going forward that is quite honest Pippa I uh, I appreciate everything that you have said it gladdens my my heart to hear these words yes I admit there there was tension between us perhaps still is tension between us but I feel like mine was misplaced at times like you said it's quite odd that a noble of Irisani speaks halfling it's because I was raised essentially by halflings indentured halflings in my noble household I'm I am not blind looking back they were little more than slaves if I could go back, I would strike those invisible chains and bring them with me as my chosen family, but that is too late. I felt that I felt that the relationship that you and I were developing, I had thought that it was one that I had with my most trusted halfling parent surrogate. Her name was Freya. But over these past few days I've I have felt it more akin to my grandmother with the manipulation and the deceit and the dishonesty and i know that is not your true being that is not my true being i we are not deceitful people it's just it is easier to not talk about things than to bring them to the surface whatever you would like to know i will answer that was largely the bulk of it of I just wanted a straight answer about where you came from which is hypocritical of me I I must say I uh, am not actually very prone to honesty myself uh, and I have a second confession Ooh. she's blushing from <laughs> the the tip from just the roots of her hair like all the way down to her neck um, which is even more apparent on because like these robes make her skin like <laughs> icy white. Um, so it's just red, just blooming all over. She's like, since we're talking about honesty, uh, our first meeting, I'm not actually a princess. That is how I used to survive before we 
started this little adventure. It is definitely a con, and I am sorry. I lied about that too. I actually, uh, if uh, you gave me, I think a a pin. Um, it's very kind of you. Uh, I don't actually need it to uh, rescue halfling refugees in Taldor, so you can actually have it back. <laughs> She takes the she takes the jade half moon pin that he gave her at their first meeting and tries to hand it back to him. Uh, Buon is just Buon's actually taken off guard because he he didn't sus- he didn't suspect this. And what you see is he um, Buon, Buon reaches into his backpack and he takes out his journal that he had written all the princess information in, and you just like a- a- as you're holding the half moon. You just see him crossing out like pages <laughs> and pages of information that he had written about Princess Pippa's <laughs> kingdom <laughs> without a oh word. And he just slowly closes the, the journal and puts it back in his bag. And, um, she. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You messed up his wiki page. <laughs> I'll have to re-edit everything. All the hyperlinks. <laughs> there was nothing to link to. It was a lot. Updates needed. Says Wiki. Updates <laughs> needed. Uh, Source? Question mark. <laughs> Pippa absolutely notes that he's crossed everything out. And she's actually thinking like, once we're done with this, we could actually probably go into business together. <laughs> If he can, fa- if he can come up with detailed historical documents, um, Buon, after finishing up all this, uh, he he pushes your hand back to you and says, "Keep it. I believe this is more. This is a better symbol of trust now than it was before. When I had first given it to you, it was merely formality. Now it is of my own choosing." I I don't know what to say. I, I've i honestly never had to tell someone that I pulled this particular con on that it wasn't true before, and your reaction is astonishingly generous. And I, I appreciate it, Buon. She takes the jade pin and she actually pins it to her, pins it to her robe and says, I will treasure this and wear it as a reminder that those days are behind me now. And to try to trust first when people are obviously trying to help me. Jeromir. I'm sorry? My real name is Jeromir. Her mouth just splits open in the widest grin. Like, mm-hmm. Jeromir. Jeromir. Pippa Loxley. And she puts her hand Jeremir up. Jeromir or Fantastic World po- no, just <laughs> Actually, uh, as that shake is uh, thinking, you, um, I think Abraxas like pans over between uh, pans over between Buon and Pippa, and then pans over to Andromeda, and Andromeda has curled up on her sleeping bag, and for the first time ever, all you hear is snoring. The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Pods production. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you can't get enough and want to join the NSWP community, you can do so by joining the conversation on Discord and Reddit or following us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find links to all of those on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. Want even more of the FWP crew? Consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash. 
I am Dustin, your Game Dad Master. You can find me at Dustin Alexander on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Abby. You can find me at Bonanza Famine. This is Angel. You can reach me at Espinoza916. This is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. And this is Logan, who plays Jeremir Navratil. Uh, A.K.A. Boo And you can find me at Mainman08. Theme song was composed and played by Amy Hankinson. Thank you, Sirenscape, for use of your sound effects and music. We greatly appreciate everyone who has been giving us reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and help spread the words to friends and family you think may enjoy the show as well. Till next time, I hope you have many fantastic <laughs> darkness-free adventures. Fantastic Worlds Podcast is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Pathfinder Adventure Path Reign of Winter is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2013. All Paizo content in this podcast is used with permission. Okay. Dominic, you've hurt me in the following ways. <laughs> Have I? No. I don't think I've hurt nobody except myself. I've saved everybody's fucking life. How about that? Andromeda, you've, you've hurt yourself in the following ways. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Correct. That's going to be the intervention. Good episode, guys. Oh, I I'm so emotionally spent. Oh, my goodness. And I need to watch stop. cartoons for like an hour. <laughs>